clinical disclaimer. This podcast is focused on education and entertainment. While we love to help and teach, it is not meant to be used as a replacement for clinical services. If you are experiencing significant relationship issues or major concerns in your sexual, physical, or mental health, please seek the services of a professional provider near you. Welcome to the University of Pleasure, where we have sexual conversation to help build a happier nation. I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. And I'm Jeremiah James, and I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. Well, I have to say, Doc, um, now that we've had these different uh, episodes about toys and specifically the one about uh, playing with your prostate, my partner is all excited about uh, buying <laughs> prostate toys. So That makes me so happy. I'm so, thank you. I'm happy that your partner is listening and thinking about it. Also, you should give prostate play a try if you haven't. It's great. Welcome back to the University of Pleasure, folks. We hope you are all safe and healthy. And as always, thank you to everyone out there that is keeping us safe and healthy. We know it's difficult right now, and but we always want to make sure that we let everybody know that we're thinking about you, and uh, we all hope that you are doing well in these difficult times, and we hope you're still finding joy in these difficult times, like we always do say here at the University of Pleasure. Still got to find a little bit of pleasure, even in difficult times. Am I right there, Doc? You are. I would also add that if you have the financial capacity to do so, make sure you're tipping people well that are out there. <laughs> out and about. I would agree. Engaging in delivery services. I know a lot of times the companies now are doing like service fees, but that may not actually be going to the people. To the people. Right. And those people are taking a lot of risks and it's a rough time in the service industry. So like if you have the financial capacity to do so, be tipping well. Yep. As somebody that used to work for years in the service industry, I feel very strongly. We were both <laughs> there. I'm with you, Doc. 100%. So let's jump into some topics. Today, here we go. Flying solo, making masturbation an event that stands on its own. Well, I know we've talked about this in other episodes. I'm a real big fan of masturbation. Yep, real. real I'm big. aware. And uh, I am interested to see how you're going to frame this because I know we've talked about it. We've talked about mutual masturbation. We've talked about all kinds. But I'm I'm a big proponent. We will of never the be done talking about masturbation. <laughs> I love that. I love that. What other job never. could you have that, you know, you're like, we'll never be done talking about masturbation. It's like, oh, this. I get to say so many things as a part of my job that in any other context would be completely inappropriate. I, once I was working for a company where I was like, um, we need to do something about the firewall because I can't access pornography. And I, <laughs> <laughs> and, I, and I need to right? like there's certain things that like it might be like I, I might need to access certain like kind of erotica sites or things to like help people. Right. You know, right. Like get certain types of resources and things. And your access is denied. Right. But it was like the first time like the tech person was like, what? And I'm like, uh, this is a part of my job. <laughs> this is what we do. Sorry. That's uh, what I need. So let's jump into it. Give us a little information about how we make this stand on its own. Yeah. Well, the reason that I want to talk about it in this light, right, is that not everyone, but a lot of people actually see masturbation more as like a kind of quote unquote substitution 
for when they can't have partner sex. It's like, okay, I guess I'll masturbate, right? Like sort of that attitude. But it's certainly can be, I mean, and it certainly can be used in that way, but there are all sorts of other reasons and ways that um, masturbation really stands on its own as both an important and like valuable sexual skill and resource, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because like for a long time, you know, before people have sexual partners, you know, and people are engaged in partner sex, some earlier, some later than others, right? And that variability is just fine. But masturbation is often a huge part of who we are sexually before partnered sex. And it's oh, not oh, just 100%. like- 100%. I mean, right. and you should have seen my bicep when I was like 14. Oh. <laughs> so classy, Jeremiah. Was that, was that too I much mean... info? Was that too much info? Okay. Sorry. I apologize. Um, I feel like I like your your I like your brand of humor. It's like adolescent meets airplane. <laughs> <laughs> Why, thank you. I do love it's one of my favorite movies. So yeah. not, I'm not surprised. You know what I'm getting like a vision of with this topic specifically, th- speaking of movies, is uh, The 40-Year-Old Virgin. Do you remember that movie? Yeah. With, like kind of like catapulted Steve Carell. But there's like the moment where he's going to go masturbate and like he goes into his room. There's like music playing and he starts lighting candles and, he's, and he gets like his lube out. you know out. what? But that, I love that. And actually you could – that might be cheesy, but th- I'm not talking exactly about that. But that could be one way to make masturbation an event. There you go. See? Right. <laughs> Um, so I, I actually love that scene. And I think that that's, that could be appropriate for some people, Amazing. but <laughs> really more is this idea that like, you know, masturbation plays a really important role in our sexual development for not everybody, but for, for a lot of people. Right. And it's not like just because you start having partnered sex that now, okay, masturbation now needs to be something different. Right. right. It can still be a really important part of your sexuality. Right. And I think that there are a lot of things that beyond just like, hey, it's a good substitution or it's a good thing to do if maybe your partner isn't interested or you don't have a partner, right? I think that it allows for a lot of different stuff that partnered sex sometimes can't or does not, right? So um, one of the things that I think is really amazing about masturbation is that it really allows for safe experimentation, both physically and mentally. Right. I wholeheartedly agree. I wholeheartedly agree on many levels because if you're here and you're by yourself and you're having that moment and you want to try something new like a a vibrator on the taint, if you're a man, for instance, with a penis, and like that's something you want to experiment with, could could do it by yourself first before you just jump into the deep end of the pool with a partner and be like, I don't know how that. And because then, then it's like less failure in your mind. Would you think? Am I I saying anything incorrectly? Yeah, you know, and I've talked about that in previous episodes before as well around like. Hey, like if you're ever going to get a new toy, use it with yourself first, unless, you know, you and your, that's something that's hot and fun for you and your partner and you feel really comfortable doing so. Like masturbation is a great way to try out new toys, right? And to see how it works and to take the pressure off, right? Like you can see, like, especially, you know, if you get something a little more high tech, right? You can kind of work out the nuts and bolts by yourself rather than putting that pressure into a sexual scenario with another person. Yep. But I also think it's, you know, sometimes if you, let's say a toy, right? Like there's lots of times that people buy toys and they're like, this is going to be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> right. And then, and then they use it and they're like, oh, 
I don't like that sensation so much. Right. 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 And so if you start with a partner, sometimes maybe the partner is like, it's going to be amazing. And then all of a sudden now it's like kind of a disappointing experience for both of you versus like, if you're doing it on your own, it's not going to feel like you really ruined anything. You might be like, ah, I spent 70 bucks on this, (laughs) (laughs) but like, you're going to probably beyond that. It's not going to be like really maybe emotionally distressing in any kind of like great way. You know, it might just be like, ah, oh, bummer. I thought that that would feel good and it didn't. Right. Or I thought sense. it would work Makes in this way sense. and it didn't. Yeah. Right. Um, I think the other thing is, is you also can experiment with like new physical sensations, right? Like, so you brought up your partner, um, talking to you more about prostate play since yeah. we Thanks a lot. That- University of pleasure. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Open your mind, Jeremiah. Anyways. I'm very open-minded. I'm very open-minded. It's just, you know, it's... <laughs> your, de- your defensiveness makes it seem clear that you are. Um... <laughs> Touche. No fun yeah. tangling with a doc. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't want to do that with a psychologist. <laughs> Anyways. Yes, they, right. it has been brought up. Yes. Right. Like, but that those are really safe. Masturbation is a really safe way to like try out some new physical sensations, right? Like, and again, this doesn't matter your gender or your body type. This is really more about like, hey, I kind of have always like, maybe I've seen it in pornography or maybe a friend was talking about, and I thought maybe that's something that I would like, but I don't want my partner to get too attached to that idea yet. Right. Like, so like, let me try it on my own, see how I feel, see if it really feels good to me. Right. Um, And I think that it's just a really good way to kind of distill for yourself kind of, again, what you like and what you don't like. But one of the other really big benefits of making masturbation sort of its own thing for you is that in masturbation, you can be anyone you want to be in your own mind, right? Mm -hmm, Like you mm -hmm. have the freedom of thought. You can be someone else free from expectation or judgment in your own mind. Right. That's right. And, and there's a lot of freedom to that. You don't have to maybe perform in a way that, you know, is pleasing to another person. And maybe you enjoy that. Right. Like that's something that's really fun about partner sex. So I want to be very clear. People sometimes get in really all like black and white thinking. Right. If I'm saying something is good over here, it means that I'm saying it's bad over there. Right. <laughs> and which is just but, which is so funny because the world is just so gray. You know what I mean? It's right. just so it's so not black and white. It is so great. And that's one thing we always try here, uh, you know, with the University of Pleasure is to get that across. Like just because you don't like that doesn't mean it's wrong. Just because somebody, you know, likes something that you're not into doesn't make them wrong. I mean, like everything's gray. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. you know, it's whatever works for you. So and I, I just to... wanted to make that very clear. Yeah. Well, and so, I, you know, I bring it up because I want it to be really clear that when I and clarify that, like, I'm talking about the things that make masturbation really great and can make it a really enhancing part of your individual sexuality. And frankly, and we've talked about before, which also tends to enhance your partnered sex sexually. From exactly. A sexually satisfying, sexual I look at masturbation way. as I, I do a lot of practicing. Right. A lot of practice. But, I don't I don't want to I don't want people to hear it in an either or way. Right. Which is like, hey, like just only masturbate because that's the only thing that will ever be fun or <laughs> only partners. You know what I mean? Like just because it's good over here doesn't with masturbation and all these things I'm saying about masturbation doesn't mean that somehow that would take away from partnered sex or is me saying that like that means you can't also do the same thing or similar things in partnered sex. Just to be clear, only because I appreciate, you know, listen, we appreciate yeah. the clarity. And by yeah. we, us, 
me and the listeners because <laughs> listen, there like I always say, there are times I'm like, wow, my mind was blown. So the clarification is good. Right. And I say that just because I know it's hard not to get in that type of thinking sometimes. But so when I say in masturbation, you can be anyone you want to be in your own mind. There is a lot of freedom to that. Right. And to be fair, sometimes that's why maybe a partner masturbating can be kind of threatening. Right. <laughs> because, you know, there's lots of people out there that do not care if their partner masturbates or what they fantasize about. But for other people, it actually can be kind of threatening. But I do think that that is one of the really great things about masturbation. To me, I see that as a plus. Right. I, listen, I'm, I'm totally on board. I totally think it's a plus. I think it's a it's a really brilliant, brilliant way of putting it out there, too, because, it, it you know, there are some people, yes, that, that think that take offense, you know, or are, are upset or, or feel hurt. And we've talked about that in previous episodes. But, you know, it, it is something that should be a big or, or I feel that it should be something that's a big plus. So I'm with you 100 percent on that, Doc. Right. Well, and when I say which I know you, can... you, of course, needed to know that I was with you. Oh, thank you're... God, Jeremiah James. Is, Jeremiah, is on your board. validation, your validation is what I wake up for every morning. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that's oh, oh that, that even made me feel sad. <laughs> I was like, Sorry. if that was true, ooh, that woof. was terse. I apologize. Um, <laughs> Uh, anyway, when, when I say that in masturbation, you can like do or be anything or anyone that you want to be in the privacy of your own mind, right? One of the things, like when I say do anything that you want to be or that you want to do is when you masturbate, there are not the same restraints of sex, um, as there are with another person, meaning in fantasy, you can last as you want to, like you can last as long as you want to last, right? You can be as physically flexible as you want to be, right? You can throw your legs up over your head. You can, you know, fuck somebody up against a wall for three hours in your own mind, right? With yep, no yep. physical limitations no, whatsoever. You're, you're super strong. Absolutely. Right. You, you can be all these things that like maybe there are actual limitations on in real life, right? Like that's the beauty of fantasy. And you get to engage in that in a way that you can't engage in with a partner, right? And there are lots of other bonus, wonderful ways that you can do things with a partner that you can't do during masturbation. But this is what makes masturbation so great. Um, I also think that in masturbation, you get to engage in aspects of your sexuality that your partner, if you have one, because not everyone has one, right? But if you have a partner, you can engage in aspects of your sexuality that they may or may not, you know, that they may not be comfortable with, right? Or maybe that they're just not interested in, right? So let's say you're somebody that's really interested in, I don't know, anal, right? And your partner's not interested in anal at all, right? Like that's maybe a really, it, masturbation is a really great way for you to engage in that fantasy, engage in that sexual kind of thought and experience, right? Without then having to make your partner uncomfortable or your partner having to do something that they don't really want to do or don't feel comfortable doing. Yeah, for sure. And so how would we then make it something that's more of an event or more of like a part of our overall, like something like we were talking about the movie 40 year old version, like how do we, you know, make it more of that? Well, and I think that that's a little bit more like two things I think that are really important. One is about, I mean, if you're asking me, like, should you set up candles? And <laughs> should you, I mean, like, you can, like, there's, I'm trying to remember the name of it. I think it might be the book Becoming Orgasmic, right? Like, there's a book from, I don't know, maybe it's the late 80s, early 90s. I should know that. Um, 
you know, where they talk about like setting a scene or setting a stage for masturbation. And some people really like that. Listen, right? Is like, this a know, book I should listen to? Because when we started this project, the University of Pleasure, back, I want to say it was like, you know, September of last year, you sent me some books to listen to. One was a couple of more really, really brilliant. Is that one I should be putting on my list? I mean, that it's a it's been a long time since I've read it. It's a very classic book. It's a very classic sex therapy book. And what's it called again? For our listeners. It's called Becoming Orgasmic, Becoming but I believe orgasmic. it's really geared more towards cisgender women that are struggling with orgasm. Okay. All right. Maybe I uh, will listen to that. Maybe Any, put it on my audio book list. <laughs> anyway, it's – but in that book, right, like I, I believe it's that book and I could be wrong. Um, talk – you know, people talk about like setting the stage, right, for masturbation. And that's certainly something that – people can do like setting the stage very physically, right? Like you run a hot bath and then you, you know what I mean? Like kind of a date yeah. night with yourself. Yeah. So you could, like self-love, self-pleasure. Right. And you could totally do that. Right. Um, I also don't know that it doing that uh, needs to, to be that intense, right? Like you don't have to light candles and dim the lights if you want to do that. And that helps you get in the frame of mind to like have a little night with you. Awesome. Go for it. I would never stop somebody. Right. Right. I think for me, it's more about a philosophical frame of mind. Right. Okay. It's more about I'm going to take some time for me. Right. I'm going to take some time with myself and I'm going to let it be OK for my mind to go where it wants to go. Um, I'm going to try to do that without judgment, right, on myself or what I'm thinking about. I'm going to try to just let myself be free to engage with my body, my thoughts, my fantasies, in however it comes up, right? And I'm going to do that for me, and I'm going to do it for me because it's all right for me to experience that pleasure. It's all right for me to have fun with that, right? Absolutely. So that that's kind of the – so you're talking more – uh, philosophical shifting in the thought and how you approach masturbation and making it more for you. Right. For me, that's actually much more important. Like you could light all the candles in the world and like, I don't know, set some like, uh, I don't know, some new age music, right? <laughs> Turn on your, <laughs> like, uh, what is the it? Massage your, your oil you machine. Yeah. and like. <laughs> yeah. You could do all those things. But if you're laying there being like, I wish I was having sex with another person right now or which is a fine thought to have. Right. But if or if you're sitting there being like, I don't know, I'm uncomfortable with the fact that I'm thinking about some of the things that I'm thinking about. Right. If you're sitting there laying there judging yourself or thinking about like how this isn't as good as that, like all of those things are probably you know, all the candles in the world aren't going to make you have a good experience. There you go. So, so you need to start being Free in a, a philosophical. Use your words, Jeremiah. What is going on with you? My goodness, <laughs> philosophical shift. You're hearing it from the doc. Make right. masturbation more something that it can be for you, that you can be free to live those fantasies, not judge yourself, have fun with it, make it more of an event. And if you want to, you know, put your diffuser out there and a little bit of lavender. Although that makes me kind of sleepy, but that, it's not about me. I'm just trying to say, live the dream, go out and enjoy it. And that's right. totally fine too. And when we come back. But gonna... I want to say. Oh my God. I, I Did you know. hear that? That segue was so good. It, and you just, it, it, you just. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I wasn't listening that closely because I really wanted to say this. <laughs> 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 I 
because it's, it's <laughs> I, I so appreciate your honesty. Yeah, no, I wasn't listening. I was just waiting I to say something. I was like sort of listening, but not, right? The, real, well, the other it. thing that I wanted to say, I was talking a lot about like, I think that masturbation is like this great place where you can play with yourself, like in a way that's like just for you. But the other pieces of this is that it also really is a space where it can help you build a sense of competency in your own sexual, like sexuality and sexual behavior, right? It can help you build sexual self-esteem. You can, we've talked before about like, let's say you're struggling with something like erectile dysfunction using condoms. What a safe place for you to practice, right? Like using con, like masturbating with a condom on, right? Or Which let's we've talked say about want- in past episodes right. and it's easier for cleanup. Right. FYI. Or, yes. Or let's say you want to last a little longer, right? Or you want to be learn how to orgasm in different ways, right? Like these are all places where you can do that really safely without pressure or without expectation. And it builds that sexual competency. And this is the really important part. The more competent you feel in your own sexuality, like the more familiar you feel with your own body, your own fantasies, what you like, what you don't like, when you are sexual with a partner, it means that you are able then to be more present with them because you're not so distracted by what you don't feel like you know about you. Did that make sense? No, I wasn't really listening. I was just waiting to save my segue. Of course it makes sense. It was brilliant. And it's so true. And so, yes, it's fine. You interrupted my brilliant segue earlier to say that because it so is important. You know, the the thing that's so amazing when to be able to sit down and talk to someone like you and and hear what you have to say is it's, it's really that's why I love doing what it is that we do, all jokes aside, because that really summed it all up right there. It's like, you know, you want to have a great time with your partner, here's a way to build that confidence and competency and all those things that we were talking about. And then you have a better overall sexual experience, getting to know yourself right. better, et cetera. So it's it's brilliant. It was brilliant right. and totally worthy right. of interrupting my brilliance. <laughs> so continue. And I would say, even if you don't have a partner right now, future partners, if you choose to have any, right? right. It can help with that as well. Anyways, Absolutely. just to say that, I always like to acknowledge that some people are not, they're not either interested or they just aren't having one in the moment. And it's still kind of like uh, money in the bank, right? If you there choose you to go. have a partner in the future. Can I segue now? Now I am. I mean, I had more, but we can segue. Okay. <laughs> you always have it. more. <laughs> I'll save it for another day. <laughs> okay. So when we come back, we're going to be talking about vibration. Get ready. A lot of helpful tips here when we come back. And we're back. Even though my segue wasn't nearly as good as the first one, we're back and we're about to do Vibration Nation. Making vibration work for you. Okay, so I have a lot of questions, one, two, thoughts, and I will try not to labor on with them. But, you know, there's a things like common misconception, in my opinion, from what I have been told, is that if you are a woman using a vibrator that like just turning it all the way up is like people are like, well, just turn it up, you know, get a vibrator and, you know, crank it, (laughs) you know, that that's going to get you there. 
you know, not necessarily true. Am I, am I right? Am I kind of on topic of what we're talking about here? I mean, yeah. Like, so if we were to like, like if someone was to focus only on sort of like outside messaging, right? we kind of get this message that vibration should just automatically feel good for like for you and your body. Right. And this is a particularly true message for women or people with vulvas. So, you know, people that may not identify as female, right. But have vulvas. And so a lot of times the vibrator has become sort of this like panacea, this like cure all. Right. It'll fix everything. Sexual struggles. Just get a vibrator. Right. Somebody might be like, oh, having sexual struggles, just get a vibrator. Can't orgasm, just get a vibrator. Need to spice up your sexual life, get a vibrator. Right. And don't get me wrong. Vibrators are great. Right. So there might be some people that are like, I love my vibrator. Yeah. Awesome. Yep. <laughs> so yep. No issue with vibrators. It's really more that like just the phrase like, oh, you should get a vibrator is like not specific enough. And to be fair, right, like not everyone knows all of the nuance in that. But part of the reason that that messaging can sometimes be a little tricky is that then people are like, okay, well, I just picked one up or I picked one up that my friend recommended and it didn't work for me. And now I've kind of decided that like- All vibrators don't work and it's not, I'm not into it. Yeah. Like either vibration just doesn't work for me or uh, like there's something wrong with me. And honestly, that's honestly something more that I've heard in my office, right? Is some, is people coming in like, oh- Vibration just doesn't work for me. I think there's something wrong with me, right? right? And to me, that's where things start to become much more problematic, right? Where people start to feel like a little bit like there's something about them broken sexually. And, um, you know, obviously, like I see people usually when they're like struggling a little bit more, right? If they're coming in for maybe therapy because of it. But to be fair, there's a whole lot of people out there that never go to therapy that still feel these exact same ways. Right. Um, which is why it's good to talk about. Right. Which is why it's important. And like I was saying at the very beginning of the episode, so many people think that it's like a cure all. And if you just get one and then if like the low setting doesn't work, the high setting is just going to blast and that'll make it work. You know, it's it's much more nuanced, like you were saying, Doc, than that. And I think it's a, it's a good thing that we're having the conversation. I mean, obviously, we're here to teach and help people learn. But, you know, it's it really is a common misconception that, you know, if you just get this and you throw in the batteries or you charge it up and, you know, that it's going to be a cure-all and make everything work for you. And that's just not necessarily true. So I want to hear some helpful tips. I want to hear some information that only the doc could lay out for us about oh. this specifically. <laughs> to be fair, I don't know that I'm the only person, but I am the person today. Today. In this moment. It's going to be laying it out. There are a lot of really brilliant minds out there that I have learned from. So just to be fair. Okay. So, um... I would say that one of the real reasons I think that this whole like vibration thing can be a struggle for people is that there is so much variability in what type of stimulation feels good to people based on how sensitive they are, based on their different bodies, right? And their different needs. And so some people might just go out and they might buy the vibrator that they were recommended by their friend or that they saw online or they just straight up walk into a sex shop and they're like, I, I'll take this one, right? Or this one was a target and I could hide it underneath things and, <laughs> do, self, <laughs> and do self checkout, right? Like, right, right. And, and do they and sell vibrators at Target? Now they do. Yeah. Wow. Way to go, yeah. Target. Yeah, Target's really added. They they also sell that lubricant, Good Clean Love, which is a much better lubricant than some other ones out there. So if you go to Target, that's the one to get there. Anyway, right. side note. 
Um, we talked in lubes about the importance of good lubricant. So Very important. Plug, plug for good lube at a, at a store you can easily access. There are other great lubes too, but not at Target. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you can, some people, my basic point was you can sometimes just get a vibrator and it magically works. Right. And it's just, good luck, right? Like you picked up one or maybe you're somebody that can, your body like would respond to a variety of levels of vibration, but other people are just much more sensitive or less sensitive in different ways. Um, and so really it's about kind of the nuance of what type of stimulation might you need, right? Um, so for instance, it is not uncommon that I have people come in and be like, you know, I tried a vibrator and it feels really good for like a minute and then I feel nothing. Right. And then I would say like, so let's say it's a, some, let's say it's a cisgender woman with a, um, with a, you know, using it kind of directly on her clitoris. Right. So usually probably what's happening with that case is if, if someone's like numbing out, right, it was probably way too strong right? There wasn't any build and it sort of like kind of overstimulated it and kind of numbed it out. Right. And that's right. why it, for a lot of people, they might not actually need a much slower build and vibration or lower vibration for other people. They might need super duper strong vibration, but you have to experiment, right. And play around a little bit to figure out what your body needs. Another thing might be people will uh, more often than not, and this is not always the case, People, people go too, too strong, too fast. Right. right? Like, like I was saying before, like they get the vibrator, they, they jack it up to its highest thing and they're like, this is going to fix it. Right. And in general, and I don't know why this is, and I would say this is global around like sexual behavior in general. If something isn't like, let's say something is starting to feel good and then it stops kind of feeling good. Our solution is often, we'll then go harder and faster. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's a very so like linear kind of path. It's like, oh, this isn't feeling good. Let's just do more of it and more quickly. Right. And Oftentimes, when something stops feeling good or you stop feeling as much stimulation, it's probably actually because you're overstimulated. And so backing off, right, is usually much more helpful than just being like, all right, let's just keep pounding away at this. And you could we could talk about that with vibrators, right? Yeah. So a lot of times people are like, well, it kind of is starting to numb. So let me just keep turning it, keep turning it, keep turning it up or whatever it might be. Or maybe you just started with something way too strong to begin with. So in terms of like some ways to kind of navigate this, right. And sometimes to be fair, for some people, it's just way too light and they need something stronger. They're like, it doesn't feel like anything and it never did, but it's easier to start low and go slow than it is to start high, right? Because you run the greater risk of being either overstimulated and then maybe completely numbing out or just being overstimulated to the point where it can actually be painful. So that's something else to think about. Well, you'll notice um, that I'm being um, quiet on this episode because I would have to say I'm definitely not an expert in these things. And I am just so, I'm like, <laughs> like nodding and just going, uh -huh, uh -huh, uh -huh. but that's why I'm not <laughs> saying a lot because I just feel that I really can't, this is so, um, it would be difficult for me to comment on it because I, I really, I don't understand 
and <laughs> it's a mystery. Well, but I mean, I mean, don't when we talk about vibrators, people often talk think about them much more for women or people with vulvas. But in reality, like there's and we talked about it in a previous episode. There's also lots of vibrators out there for people with penises too, right? Yes, so there are. Yes, penises. there are. And so I would say these same rules apply, right? Like if you have a if you're the owner of a penis, right, and you are using. <laughs> I am the owner. Uh, I am. I, yeah, I, I'm right? the owner of one. Yeah. And you are using vibration on it and it's the same idea, right? Like if you're all of a sudden starting to feel like, oh, this is like uncomfortable, right? Like you're probably starting too high or like, oh, that felt really good for about 30 seconds. And now it feels like kind of like nothing, right? You've probably numbed out. So the same, like, really, I want to be super clear. Like this is really for anybody or genitals, no matter really what they look like for somebody. Um, but how to kind of navigate this is I would say in the beginning, like, especially if you're the people that are really comfortable with their vibrators, they don't, they're maybe not as interested in this, but maybe you can find a little bits and pieces, but probably more for somebody that's maybe new or just hasn't had good luck with vibrators. What I would say is that the first place to start is experimenting and letting it be okay not to find the right one right away and not jumping into that pool of, okay, there's something wrong with me, or I just must maybe I don't like vibration and maybe you don't, but you probably will need to play around a little more to decide if that's totally true. More often than not, people can find ways to make it or to have it enhance the sexual experience. It doesn't mean it may lead to orgasm, but it might be able to enhance stimulation in some kind of way. Okay. So, so, so far, I just want to make sure that I have this right in my notes. Start slow and build up. Don't start go, jacked start, up and go down. Yeah. Start low go slow. So start low in vibration and go slow. But you're going to, in order to do that, you do have to experiment a little. And so honestly, if you got the money, right, like, and you can afford to buy a couple different types of vibrators, go for it. Right. But a lot of by good vibrators, PS, you get what you pay for. So if you can't afford it, you know, get a good one. Say, and I, yeah. Cause we've talked one. about this in other, in other episodes. Like if you, if you can, you know, get yourself a really good one. Right. And there are lots of like affordable brands that are still high quality. Right. Um, the Smitten Kitten is a site, uh, is a sex shop in Minneapolis that I've talked about before, but they have a great website and they do a lot of research on their toys. Right. And they have a they have some really nice, expensive vibrators, but they also got some pretty affordable ones that are under 30 bucks. Right. That's a really great place and a website to look at different kind of vibrators, because, again, I want to be mindful that not everyone has the same access to funds, right? Of course. So you could, if you could afford a bunch of different ones and it's fine, go for it. Right? Do it. Do um, it. But the other way to do that, and unfortunately it's probably a little trickier right now in COVID, right? So you got to be thoughtful about what's available in your area and being COVID safe. But pre-COVID, one of the things that I would recommend would be that you go into a sex shop, typically probably one that does not feel seedy. And like I said, the Smitten Kitten one in Minneapolis is a great one. And you actually go in and you, you know, in a good sex shop, they're going to have models, right, that you can try and not on you, like on your hand, right? So like if you're trying out some different levels of vibration in like on your hand and it's too much for your hand, I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably going to be too much for any of those other sensitive parts on your body, like the clitoris exactly. or the head of a penis <laughs> or a taint or an anus, right? Yeah. Like it might be too you, much. Right. And so if it's too much for your hand, that's a really good way to be like, mm, OK, right. Um, 
so, and again, this is a little trickier right now with COVID going on, but you know, I don't know what everyone has available in their area. But the other thing is if you're on a budget, then I would buy a toy that allows for both stronger and softer stimulation. That being said, this is my bias about vibrators. I think simpler is better. The more bells and whistles on a vibrator sometimes just means the more distracting it can be to use. Okay, okay. Right. I am not a fan, and people might be really upset with me for saying this, I think that they can be good for maybe people that really know their body as well. I am not a fan of starting off with the rabbit. Do people know what I'm talking about? Oh, you know I, well, about? I, you may have to explain. I know what you're talking about. I've bought right, them so for the friends. Is, I'm an advocate of the rabbit, so right. tread softly here. I know lots of people are. And again, I'm not saying that it <laughs> can't be a great toy for people. It's more of like if you're starting out, trying to learn, that's not a, one I'd recommend starting on. So the rabbit is basically it. It almost it's a you know, it almost looks like a dildo. And then it has two like little rabbit ears coming up where you can put right the dildo end in you and then the rabbit ears stimulate your clitoris and it lays on top of your clitoris. Now, for a lot of people, it's a toy that people really enjoy, but it can, if somebody's just figuring out vibration, it can actually be really awkward and clunky to use, right? Yeah. Because some yeah. people do not like internal vibration and maybe only like external, vice versa, right? It's just a toy that I think isn't a great starter one. So I just say that out loud, right? Because oftentimes people, the reason I say it is it's a very popular style of yes, toy. Yes, it's a very popular toy. Um, but I would agree with you. It's not necessarily the best toy to, if you've never experienced anything ever to just kind of, that's kind of like jumping in the deep end of the pool, getting more of like, that's more of like past the uh, uh, beginner stage. It, you know, I like yeah, to I say mean, that like, like, you know, a little pocket crazy. rocket, a little something, just a little, a little, a little yeah. thing that has a couple of settings of speeds. That's, a, in my opinion, yeah. I, I mean, that I have recommended to friends, that's an easier way to start. Right. And and I think that ones, like, so I some of my favorite ones are actually the ones that look like basically almost like a, a longer bullet, right? That are, are when I say uh, a longer bullet, I mean like, you know, they're about five, six inches long. You know, they maybe are about an inch in diameter. And on the bottom is just a dial. Right. Yeah. It's a simple dot. They're usually battery operated. You can find nicer versions of them, but they're usually just a dial. Right. So there's not a lot of like uh, the pulsing or the different rhythms of vibration. It's really just low vibration to higher vibration. Right. Um, I think that those are really easy ones to start with because you're not like simultaneously trying to figure out how to get it. Some of the ones with like that they make now they have buttons on them where like you push it twice and it's like a you know playing merry christmas in vibration <laughs> and you, know, you push it three times and it's like quick pulses and then long and sometimes it's like it's just a lot it's just yeah. a lot to try to navigate and so the ones that are really more pretty simple whether it's a click up click down whether it's one of the dial ones, but we're really just going from low to high vibration, right? Versus ones that have like a lot of different pulse settings or things like that. Again, those are great ones if you know yourself and your body with vibration really well. But my bias is probably more to start with ones that are a little simpler. Um, and if you buy one that is too strong, right? Like maybe you just can't get into a sex shop to try them and you buy one and you're like, crap, this one is like way too strong for me. 
you can then navigate that in some different ways, right? Like wrap a pair of panties around it, right? Or some type of fabric that you don't mind being up against your body to dull it, right? You can do it over your under over your underwear, right? Like if you um, are somebody that has a vulva, right? Like you don't need to put it inside your your lips, right? Right. You you don't need to put it directly on the clitoris, right? You can. I said right, like I was like yes with my vulva, that's what I do. I didn't mean it. <laughs> I was like right, yes, that's what I do. Yeah, yes. Yes, you make sense. Yeah. Yes, I was saying makes so sense. So you can you don't have you don't have to use it in the same way. Basically, my point is you don't have to use it in the same way that other people use it, right? Um, you don't just because someone else might put it directly on the tip of their penis or on their taint or put it on their clitoris. That's not how you have to use it. You can use it whatever hell way feels nice to you. And so I'd play around and I'd experiment around with that. You know, which is why masturbation can be a really great tool and time to try new things. Oh, see how well, we brought that full circle? I love plug that. For the, plug for the earlier thing. Yeah. Right? Now, uh, no. give us some suggestions of what you would recommend for people to get maybe on their first try. Like, are there some actual brands that you dig? Are there companies that you think are great? Yeah. Um, I think that WeVibe makes a lot of really great vibrators. I think Lilo makes a lot of really great vibrators. Um. A more affordable brand is called, I think it's Jimmy Jane. They make some more affordable vibrators. Um, that made me want a sandwich because it was like so close to Jimmy John. And I was like, <laughs> ooh, I can get a sandwich. Um, Sorry. Uh, no, I think Sona, S-O-N-A, I believe is another brand that does uh, some pretty good massagers that have some variety. Um, no, sorry. Sona is a Lilo. That's a, it's, they're like cars, right? Yeah. <laughs> Lilo, Lilo is the, you know, the, the, the make, and then they the make, model yes, is the same. Yeah, yeah, right. So it's like Lexus and then it's like the L whatever. Right. Gotcha. Right. Um, and you know, I think there are a lot of really great sex companies out there, but yeah, Lilo, we vibe are probably two that I like, uh, quite a bit that I think are really great. But honestly, um, um, good sex shops, like the Smitten Kit and things like that places that do a lot of research, they're going to have nice descriptions of what type of vibrators they are and what they do even online. So um, just because I, like I know it might be harder for people to go in and actually try some things out and see what they look like right now. Um, but I wanted to say that for some people, what they do need is much higher vibration, right? Like much stronger vibration. And they, that just might be how their body works. And that's totally fine. So if you're starting low and going slow and it's like, I don't really, I don't feel numb. It feels nice. I'm not losing any sensation, but I'm definitely not being overstimulated. Then you probably need to keep going up higher. Certain brands are just not going to go maybe as high as you need. And I did want to talk about some that are capable of higher power. Okay. Right? Give us so the, the most. The most classic one that a lot of people know is the Hitachi magic wand. Oh, you yes, I plug, know it well. You can plug that bad boy into the wall, right? <laughs> you get <laughs> well, at least one of the versions, right? The original version. So you can, and does make a, it start out as a back massager, right? And it does make a great back massager, but you can get a, think about it this way. Some double A batteries versus something that's plugged into your wall, right. right? Like you can get a lot more power out of that. There's also Lilo has um, what's called the Sona 2 Cruise and it looks a little different. It's actually something that 
it's got a little device. It almost looks like a suction, but really what it is is a vibrator. Um, and this would be for people with vulvas that flit, that fits directly around the clitoris. Yes. Uh, this one is very popular, I've come to find, yes. um, that people really, really love. It's it. I will say from personal experience, it's quite loud. And, but I mean, this thing is is intense and it gives an intense orgasm. People really seem to enjoy this one. Yeah, it's a very popular one. Um, now, see, if you're, this would not be one to start with if you don't know if you're sensitive or not. Yeah, a little, more, I mean? little like, more on the advanced spectrum, like, I would well, say. Well, these, these are on the, like, they're probably going to be pretty strong yeah. spectrum, right? But the Sona does have a nice kind of, um, I think it has a pretty decent build. Um, the other one, like if you, a Hitachi Magic Wand, I mean, is, is fairly expensive, right? It might be up there near close to a hundred bucks. And so, um, a more affordable one is, uh, Yorosi, Y-A-R-O-S-I, the personal wand massager. And I think you can get it on Amazon. It's got pretty good reviews and it's a good one that can kind of get pretty, it goes from pretty low to pretty high, right? And the height of it, is um, for somebody that, you know, might want the power close to like a magic wand. It's going to get you closer there, but way less money. Because All like right. I said, everyone's got different situations. Um, but in terms of using vibration a little bit more successfully, like really being willing to pay attention to your body. If you're starting to overstimulate or numb out, back off and take a break. Again, you don't have to just, we've talked about this with lots of different things, right? Like we could talk about it in the same way that we've talked about like um, when people are struggling with like erectile dysfunction, right? Like if you're giving someone a hand job and it's just not working, do something different for a while. Like yep. you don't have to try just, a little different right? variety. You don't have to keep going after it harder and faster all the time. So Touch a different body part that's arousing, right? Use your hands, use your fingers. Arousal doesn't always have to have a linear build. And do not wait to do that until you're already numbed out or you're already feeling really overstimulated. Try to pay attention to your body and do that when you're starting to feel that way, yeah. right? A lot of times people wait until they like full. And, and again, that takes practice. That's why it's so important to masturbate. Um, the other thing is with vibrators, play around with positioning, right? Like I think... The most sort of stereotypical imagery would be like somebody on their back using a vibrator on themselves. That there's no rule. That's there's no rule. It's got to just be it. that you can try different things, different positions. Right. Like for instance, let's say you're trying it on your back and it doesn't feel very good. Lay on your stomach and add some pressure. Right. See if it feels better to use it in that way. Right. Like now you're adding pressure to the equation. Oftentimes, so much of what sexual stimulation and finding the right stuff is just experimenting with different sensory things, right? So your stomach versus your back or standing up or leaning up against something like these are all things that can create different sensory experiences, um, you know, and also feel free to use other types of stimulation along with it. You don't have to just lay there and use a vibrator, right? You could also engage in some type of penetration along yep. with it. You could you, you could use different parts of it. You could use a, just a regular dildo at the same time. You could a little penetration. You could, I mean, there are all you kinds of different fingers, things. Fingers. If this, damn. If you're doing this with a partner, right? If you like feel comfortable with a partner, right? Like there's no reason that your partner couldn't be, whether it's anal, vaginal, right? Engaging in some type of penetration with you while you use a vibrator or they use a vibrator. I always try to tell people like, don't, don't shy away from the assist, right? Like it's all right to like you be the person that's like holding a vibrator, navigating a vibrator while another person's penetrating you or vice versa, right? Agreed, like Agreed and it's so fun. Right. Sharing in the fun. Sharing right? the fun. Like, Everybody's sharing it. 
Yeah, there's no rules that you can't use stuff on yourself while being sexual with another person. Agreed. So, um, uh, also, but if you're going to be using it with a partner, as always, be honest and assertive with partners if you aren't enjoying it or the way that they're using it. And you can do that in a kind, classy way, right? Yes. It's better to tell people what you like than to just say you're doing it wrong. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Which is why it's always a good idea to use it on your own for a little bit. But also show people, right? We've talked about mutual masturbation. You shouldn't, you can, people learn from seeing often. It's easier to show than tell. So you can show people how you like to use it, the pressure, the speed. And then this would probably be one of my most important things. It is, it is okay if, it is okay if vibration does not make you orgasm. Okay. Mic drop. There is no, nothing wrong with you. If vibration doesn't make you orgasm. Of course. Absolutely. I mean, absolutely. I mean, just like anything, it's like the same thing I would say in reverse, wouldn't it? I mean, like just because you can't orgasm from penetration, it, it's okay. Just so it's right. okay if you cannot come from vibration. It's okay. Right. Doc, And I, and I say that. that because I get asked that a lot, right? Is there something wrong for me? I can't come like that. Well, but can a lot of times it's like, okay, but are there other ways, right? And there usually are for people. Maybe it's a matter of learning them, but people are like, yeah, I can come all these other different ways. Okay, this is maybe not the type of sensation. Now, that being said, just because it doesn't make you come doesn't mean that you can't involve it for a little bit in some of your masturbatory play. You certainly don't have to. I always say, like, if something's an ad, use it. If it's not, then you don't need to. <laughs> <laughs> Right. Like there's no yeah. we around sex. We get really attached to this idea that there's a specific set of rules of what sex is supposed to look like. Right. If you want to throw a vibrator in the mix, throw a vibrator in the mix. If you don't, then don't. But I also I think this is probably one of the um, one of the kind of final things that I think is pretty important here is that a lot of times partners might buy people vibrators because they're like, maybe their partners, they feel like their partner's struggling sexually or they feel like their partner um, would just really enjoy it or it's really hot for them, right? They like just love the idea of their partner using a vibrator. It's just hot. Maybe it's something they've been into. Right. All those things, you know, are, are reasonable. But if you purchase a vibrator for a partner and I, I encourage you not to get too attached to how it's supposed to work for your partner, right? Good just because call. in your just be, I don't even know how many conflict I've had, like couples I've had had conflict around this. Right. Where someone bought their partner a vibrator or some type of sex toy and was like, use this because maybe it's hot for me or because I think maybe you're struggling with orgasm. It's going to help you. And then it doesn't work the way that the person that purchased it intended. And then they take that really personally. And then it feels like a lot of pressure to the person they bought it for. Right. And it's a really good way to just ruin the fun of a sex toy <laughs> is to buy it for someone and be like, and here's exactly how it needs to work for you. Or if I'm being honest, I really don't recommend buying a sex toy for someone to fix them. Oh, no one likes feeling not. broken. No, nobody if, likes being broken. That has to be put back together, especially gosh, in sexual context. I mean, that's right. a very vulnerable place anyway. And then, you know, to add in, and by the way, you're broken. Like, nope, nope, right. nope, 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 nope. And it, and it, you may not be saying those words, but like I've had plenty of couples in which one person was maybe struggling with orgasm or maybe they just weren't interested in sex. 
And rather than having some difficult conversations that were probably needed around their sexual relationship, they just went and purchased their partner a vibrator. And they said, here you go. I think you need this. I'm going to tell you right now, it did not solve the problems. And I am not talking about one or two times this has happened in my office. I'm (laughs) talking about many. I can only imagine. this did not solve the problem. It made people feel maybe offended, right? I also think that if you want to buy a partner a toy, I think it's maybe, you. and I know people like surprise, but even just to say like, hey, how would you feel if I bought some toys for you? Have you know, the conversation. Just... <laughs> and we always talk about this at the University of Pleasure, communication. And consent. And consent. Right? So, yeah. right? Like, because uh, a lot of times that can be a fun thing if you have like that's part of kind of your sexual play is like, oh, my partner surprises me with toys sometimes. But if you're having problems and things are already rot and then someone just shows up with a Hitachi wand, <laughs> they're like, I've been doing reading online about what can help. It got good reviews. Think, yeah. Right. With your problems. And here you go. You should use this. It does not go over well. And it often creates a lot of pressure. And then, frankly, people don't want to use that toy. Right. And then so any, yeah, it is tainted. And then any fun that could have been had with that. Now it feels like this is my guilt vibrator that you bought me. (laughs) Right. Like, And so, and like I said, this is not a, something that's just occasionally shown up. I have had these conversations on many occasions. So it's just something to be really thoughtful about. Um, and the only last thing that I'd say here is that if, um, being aware that the kind of stimulation that you need in general, and particularly with something like vibrators, is maybe going to change across your lifespan, right? Yeah. Things like having children, age, menopause, if you're female-bodied, getting older, you know, as men or male-bodied people, all of these things are going to change how you experience stimulation over time. So just because a certain type of vibration uh, worked for you when you were 23 doesn't mean it's going to work for you when you're 63. Exactly. And you got to be open and listen to your body, right? right. I mean, you got to be in, and then that's the other good thing, going back to what we were talking about with masturbation earlier, is again, being in tune with yourself, knowing what might make you feel good now is different than what it was then. And these are all good things for practicing, practicing, learning, learning, which we're all about here at the University of Pleasure. Would you agree, Doc? I absolutely agree. (laughs) I hope everybody was taking notes today because that was a lot of information, but it was extremely interesting, even to me. And my eyes can glaze over very easily because I'm nothing if not quite simple at times. And I'm like, oh, look, over there. I'm, and it was really, I was into it. I was there. I hope all of you were as well. So thank you for coming to the University of Pleasure and getting your learn on. I'm Jeremiah James. I'm just a guy who likes talking about sex. And I'm Dr. Tara Jansen, licensed psychologist and certified sex therapist. You kind of giggled a little bit there. Was, was, are we back to my, like, my segue? Was, was it too harsh? Like, what was it? <laughs> no. Now I'm feeling insecure. Like, I don't even know. <laughs> I, was, I was giggling about your, your, your eyes glazing over. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about how maybe it's distracted by other things, but maybe sometimes you're just, you know, thinking about all the great stuff you're doing. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, mean, there's so much. There's so much. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you to the doc. What was that, doc? I was just going to say, as we've identified, humility is your your strongest suit. Yes. (laughs) I'm very humble. (laughs) So humble. So humble. (laughs) 
Well, thank you all for tuning into the University of Pleasure. We will be back next week with a new episode. And I always want to thank my good friend, the doc. She's brilliant. Thank you for all of the information, doc. Truly. And uh, we'll talk to you all again very soon. Take care. This episode of the University of Pleasure was produced, directed, and edited by me, Jeremiah James. It was written by Dr. Tara Jansen and me, Jeremiah James. The University of Pleasure theme music was written by the incomparable Robert Felstein. And please remember, we want to be as inclusive as possible of the diverse experiences of others here at the University of Pleasure. So please email us your suggestions for topics that might be suited to you directly, questions, feedback, or just really great sex stories at contact at universityofpleasure.com. 